Hello everyone, my name is Brian Tussaud, and welcome to the Fur Peasants Podcast. Dr. Janine Diller joins us today. Janine has a PhD in philosophy and specializes in philosophy of religion. She teaches at the University of Toledo, worked on a book called Models of God and Other Alternative Ultimate Realities, served as a fellow in the American Academy, Lou Seminar on Comparative Theology and Theologies of Religious Pluralism. She also engaged in poverty reduction work in the federal legislative, state executive, and international and local nonprofit sectors. We talk about life. We talk about different points of views. And it was a very interesting conversation. I had a really good time. I learned a lot. And time just flew by. So I am very excited for you to join us on this conversation. Here we go. So I am a professor, associate professor, which means that I didn't know what all these words meant long ago, but it means that I got tenure a couple years ago. Oh, okay. Um, at the University of Toledo, and I work in the Department of Philosophy and Religious Studies. So, and actually, what's nice is that I work in both of those fields. So, this department, like, is totally my home here. Um, I was trained in philosophy at the University of Michigan, um, and then, um, but I, I kind of wrote on philosophy of religion for my dissertation. I eventually got there, um, and. Then I started studying religions more, um, and so now I get to teach in both those fields here, which is really fun for me. And what uh, religions uh, do you are you uh, is your expertise? <laughs> so I'm a generalist. So I actually am not expert in any particular world religion, um, and I think some of that is is owing to. Um, philosophy, sort of the nature of philosophy is to kind of step back and look at phenomena and talk about them in sort of grander ways. So it's kind of an abstract field that way, where I, I use abstract carefully to mean you're kind of looking at particular things and trying to figure out the general thing that they're about. So in philosophy, so I teach philosophy of religion, which is, I always think of it as a course for seekers. So it's sort of like for people who have questions about whether there's anything to religion at all, right? And that obviously is a big general question, not about like, is there anything to Islam or is there anything to Christianity or is there anything to Judaism? But like, should anybody be doing any of that stuff? Right. Um, and so that's, that's like my expertise is in that. And so in a way, I think I'm trying to like retrace my own steps, but I think it's kind of owing to the fact that I am studying it philosophically, that I end up kind of dibbing and dabbing into different religions to kind of understand their perspective. So like, for example, last week I had a talk with somebody about the afterlife. Is there an afterlife? And what's it like? Well, you know, it turns out every religion 
answers that question in like beautifully different ways. And I can sort of talk about each of their views of the afterlife. Although, you know, I wouldn't say that I'm an expert in any of those religions. I'm sort of, I jump into it to look at a particular concept often. So, right. And it comes, yeah. like I always, a lot of people think, you know, everyone has these visions of afterlife. Yeah. It's like, well, who's right? You know, like that. Yes. a lot of people think that and. Right. And then. So philosophy actually talks about that very question. So mm-hmm. here's all the different views of the afterlife. Who's right? Is anybody right? Right, yeah. Can we know? Um, and so there's, um, at least on that issue, I turn to this. So to me, a lot of the evidences for belief in the afterlife are either written within scriptural texts in the religions and or spoken by individuals who've had some experience that makes them believe in the afterlife, either an experience like a near-death experience or um, an experience of um, meeting with a spirit, you know? Like, right, yeah. Um, There's people who claim... come back. Right. There's people who claim they've seen... Right. You know, whatever religion they're in, their uh, God or heard something or felt something. Exactly. And so all of these things, I philosophically, we would call them at least, and this is me, okay, but I call them testimony. Well, there's a whole field of philosophy around testimony, but but I, I think the proceeds of the world's religions within their scriptures is a complicated kind of testimony, and that's kind of a controversial claim. But the other ones are clearly testimony. And then there's, so then there's questions about, so how do you, in philosophy, how do you assess the strength of testimony? And so that's what we do in class, is try to apply some rules for assessing the strength of testimony, such as number of witnesses, their stake in what they're saying, being true. So like if somebody's an atheist who then has a vision, that's kind of a stronger testimony on the stake front than a religious person having a religious vision because it actually isn't something they necessarily want to come true, right? And so mm-hmm. the fact that they would have a vision is like, oh my gosh, now I'm listening. You know? <laughs> yeah. So those are a couple of examples of how to assess the strength of the testimony and then you have to figure out, well, what's on the other side? Like you try to look for the net evidence, right? And so philosophy is a long process of trying to look at the reasons to believe something and the reasons not to believe it um, and weighing those two things. And so so then we have to look at the reasons not to believe in an afterlife. And, you know, one of the big ones is sort of we can't see it. Oh, right, right. Right? We we don't, (laughs) like even if there is one or isn't, but let's just say there is. And uh, who says you have to be conscious about it? Like, there could be one and you don't even know. Right. Well, that's for sure true. But there could also be one. Not There could also not be one. Exactly, And you yes. don't know. Right. And so what you're trying to do is assess the evidence for thinking there's one against the evidence that it doesn't, we can't see it and we can't know it, at least empirically, right? Mm-hmm. And then if you look at the sort of arguments that, aren't based on experience, they're not very strong. So there's a couple of arguments in philosophy for thinking there's an afterlife, and they're not that convincing. And so, yeah, 
So then basically in classes, you know, and I think this is what we all need to do is personally assess the strength of the evidence on both sides and come to your own conclusion about, at least for now, with your current knowledge, which side is stronger. And at some point you had said, you know, let's talk about sort of reasoning. But to me, that's <laughs> the heart of the heart of reasoning is that it it's an exercise that you need to do yourself carefully after hearing out the evidence on both sides. And it can't be done with just one side. And that sort of right. propels you into being more open-minded, which I know we were going to talk about. Mm -hmm. But like, it's just a condition of reaching your own sense of the truth of the matter that you have to hear both sides, at least if it's a philosophical thing. Right. It's the only way to find out the truth. Is tell me why to believe it. Tell me why not to believe it. Let me figure out who's better, who's got the better arguments. And mm -hmm. so you actually need to hear from people who are on a different side or right. you can't do the work. Yeah, I like I like to defend the other side. Like Good, I'll try yeah. to defend them the best I can. Right. That way I can see their view that's the awesome. best I can. I find that helps a lot. Yeah. Well, that's completely awesome because that means you're on the path to trying to figure out the truth. It's only really by being able to inhabit the other side. And I often try to say we should probably break it down into there's probably multiple sides here. Usually it's not just one or the other. There's right. there's like an array of answers, which is also yes. the beginning of hearing. Like I used to think, is there an afterlife or not? And actually it's a much more complicated question than that because there's views about after lives and before yeah. lives, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like there's, so it, part of the, part of the project is to try to even ask the question in an open-minded enough way to be able to sort of hear all the answers out there. And then, you know, to, to be able to try to understand what brings people to believe the things that they do believe so that you can for yourself decide whether you want to take it in. I mean, in the end, I think that sort of selfish goal is almost the beginning of open-mindedness. Mm -hmm. And it's what I think also keeps you on that path is just you really want to know how to live and what to believe because you want to do the best you can by yourself and the people you love. You know, and truth takes you into... Knowing, knowing the best you can, what you think is true, takes you into places that are usually healthier. And, you know, if you believe there are buses and there are, then you don't get run over by them, right? <laughs> to put it pretty basically. Well, I and can tell like, you I believe there are buses. Yeah, same here. That, that was pretty easy. So, yeah. So anyway. Yeah, I like yeah. to, what I like to do, you know, you may or may not believe in something. It could be religion, not religion. I like to take the little bits and pieces that I do find I can apply to my own life. Yeah. And there, there's there's something everywhere I go that I'm learning something and I go, hmm, I, you know, maybe I'll use that sometime. And yeah. if I end up using it, you know, I can defend that. If someone brings it up, I can defend that and say, well, you know, if you look at it this way, this works for me, mm -hmm. you know, it may or may not work for you. Mm -hmm. And that's how I like to look at things. Yeah. And, you know, people, the, people like religion is one of the most controversial 
topics and right yeah and if you look at it at more of a philosophical way like how you're saying a, a generalized way i feel like i feel like yeah you're looking at religion completely different not narrow-minded not like like mm-hmm. this is the way and this is the only way it's more of a open-minded look at religion right and that's yeah that's very helpful and Honestly, I don't think I've ever heard of that until I learned more about philosophy. So, like, I went to church when I was little. And, you know, I learned, I went to a uh, Baptist church. Mm-hmm. And it'd be kind of cool if, like, if we talked about other religions too. Like, what, you know, I only knew a Christian at that time, I didn't know. There were other religions. Yeah. So you're growing up only knowing one religion. And then you get old. It's like Santa Claus. Like, you know, <laughs> you grow up yeah. and you learn other things. I'm not saying that no, no, re- no. Like Christianity right. is Santa Claus. No, but no, no, right. I'm just saying you grow up and you, right, oh, right. there's another another mm-hmm. religion. Mm-hmm. What You know, what's this? And then you have questions and. And there's non-religion. You, like, you don't want to ask anyone yeah. at church. Like, that's weird. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, yeah, you're right. So and you either get that or you get people that say, oh, that's not real or none of it's real or, you know. Right. So if yeah. you study it and look at it at a general way, it's not that it's not real or real. That doesn't matter. What matters is learning. Yeah. And applying. Yeah. And I mean, so in philosophy, we we do... We are curious about kind of what you were saying before, like how do we know this might be true or how can we tell if it's true? So I guess we are interested in, we, we look at it broadly, like you're saying, and sort of from the outside looking in, and then we do try to figure out what's real and not real about it. But if you wanted to just sort of, understand the details of the world's religions like what do they believe and what do they practice and why and where that's religious studies and so and that's also different than church right so because that's also a different kind of objective view into religion where you're really curious about what makes them up and what drives the people who follow them right right um and so yeah those are the actually the two halves of my life here because I do both those things. So I step into the religious studies. I always sort of feel like I'm stepping more into um, facts and theories and theologies when I do the religious studies side where I'm just trying to understand um, sort of lifestyles in a way and the thoughts that are running through people people's heads who follow certain religions because those things I think are really deep drivers of what they do um I mean for for those people who are religious which is right now roughly 80 percent 75 percent of the world non-affiliations on the rise but you know way better than half of the world's People's at least say that they are affiliated with religion in some way. Right, shape I can or believe form. that. Yeah, 
And so it's a huge driving force on the world scene. And so, you know, trying to understand what people think, the worldviews they walk around with that might be shaped in part by religion seems really important to me and really cool. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so with my students, especially like in world religions, for example, I try to, I try to cover a lot of the major religions. The top five are sort of from the top down in terms of most widely practiced is Christianity, then Islam, then Hinduism, then Buddhism. And we always study Judaism because in the States, it's the second most widely practiced religion. Okay. Plus, it's also the sort of, there's a lot of historical and theological bases in Judaism for understanding the two super houses, you know, Islam and Christianity are in the same family and have grown out of Judaism. So, so anyway, but those are like the five that we study. And I always say it's because I want you guys walking out the door, understanding the basic viewpoint, like the basic worldview of this is going to cover about 75% of religious practice out there because it'll just help you, you know, walking through life to, you're going to deal with people all the time. Right. You're going to run into someone that's a different religion than you. Yeah. And um, if they realize that you understand their religion, they'll be intrigued, I would like to say. Even they know that you're a different religion. Right. And you can have just a, a nice conversation. You'll know where to start. Yeah. You know? Just like yeah. just like politics, how like people are on different sides. And exactly. There, yeah. There's people that, if they understand each point of view and have a civil conversation, it turns out to be an excellent conversation, even if you don't agree on anything. Exactly. And yeah, it, it's just kind of fun and uh, nice to see that there's someone that, it's nice out there that yeah. sees the world in a different way. Right. When it may not even be that much different. There's there's yeah. a lot of similarities. There are a lot of similarities. And there are a lot of differences. Those those facts are both true mm-hmm. kind of simultaneously. Right. But I think one thing that I don't totally get why this happens, but I've noticed that when I study other religions that I, I end up respecting the people who are really trying to follow them because these paths are all pretty demanding. And yeah, it just, if you're trying to do that, that's pretty amazing, right? Like, you know, just if you think of Buddhists, you know, there's there's this, this thing, a thing called the Eightfold Path and there's sort of eight steps of what they're trying to do in order to reach nirvana, which is a state of not suffering. And um, they're demanding, or like in Islam, you know, there's the five pillars. They ask a lot out of you, right? These are these are very disciplined religions. Judaism, there's originally 613 commandments, not just 10. And and Orthodox Jews can't live them all out because some of them involve sacrifices at the temple, etc. That can't happen because there is no temple. But I mean, there's a ton of commandments they're trying to follow. And so I, I guess I always get struck when I look across the world's religions about like the devout people in them, they're, they're, they have a heavy journey they're on. And you, even if you don't agree with the journey or you don't understand it fully or whatever, once you understand it a little bit, you start to go, wow, you're really doing something serious with your life. Thank you for listening to the Per Peasants podcast. I would like to encourage you in 
engaging conversation on our social media sites. Perhaps if you have something to add to any of the interviews, we can continue our conversation via comments. You can also email email me on our website and I can uh, contact you back if you want to keep it private. Also, I want to work on a question and answers kind of episode and perhaps one of those questions would turn into an entire episode or we just do a few every episodes or make one whole episode and combine all the questions and answers. I still have to figure out what I would like to do. But yeah, definitely send me some questions. If you want to do that, hop on our website on the perpessence.com website and shoot me an email and uh, put the subject perpessence question and just email me your question. And if you want it to be anonymous, please tell me. Otherwise, I'll keep you on a first name basis. And please don't forget to subscribe and rate the podcast. It's very important. That way we can spread the word and let people actually see that we exist. Because I feel like we're putting out some great content. And I wanted to make it even better for all of you. So yeah, let's let's do this. Alright, I'm gonna get out of here. Thanks. Yeah, yeah.